this podcast and all of the, the Christmas special podcasts is going to be some best ofs. We're speaking to George Thorne on this podcast. I'm going to speak to Lucy Spraggan, who's just released a song, a friend of the podcast. If you've not heard the song, please just go and listen to it. But all of these, the podcasts are sponsored by Frontline Recruitment and uh, Dave Essam, who's supported the podcast throughout. Any recruitment needs in the East Midlands, frontlinerecruitment.co.uk. They're sponsoring this and also the live event that I can announce now will be on Wednesday, the 22nd of February. George Thorne, Mark O'Brien and two more guests that... I, I'm not going to pretend that like, the surprise guests because I ain't booked them yet, but I'll, there would definitely be two more really interesting guests as well. So Wednesday, the 22nd of February at Holbrook Sports. That's going to be our belated Christmas special. So thank you to Frontline Recruitment, to Dave Essen. Here's George Thorne. Right, welcome back on to uh, Talk Derby to me. Um, it's a bit of a funny one, really, because people come up to me sometimes at Derby games and go, uh, do you do Talk Derby to me? And I go, yeah, and I go, George Fawn episode. I love the George Fawn episode. <laughs> so it's kind of like what I'm known for now, mate. But uh, welcome back on and uh, and how are you? Good, mate. Thanks for having me back on. No, I'm good. Um, I'm, yeah, that was that was a fun episode. And I've similar to yourself, I've got quite a good f- bit of feedback from, from that as well. So um, it was nice to be able to just sit down and just chat about the Derby days, do you know what I mean? So... It's nice to be back on, mate, as well. But all good. No, busy with the kids, mate, Christmas in a week, so. Yeah. Snow bugger with that, mate. All, all good uh, all good uh, feedback and, and reaction to it? Anyone anyone call you out on it? Uh, not really, no. no mostly good feedback. You know what it's like, mate. You're always going to get one or two that... I think there's probably one or two that never liked me in the first place, so I don't really sleep over it. But in general, I think everyone... Probably appreciated my side of the story. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't want to. I don't want to go too much into like asking questions that people have asked since, because obviously we're going to be live in Derby next month doing a Q and A, and uh, kind of defeats the object of doing it if we do it now um, yeah. and, and go through it all. But what what's life for you now? What are you up to? Are you, are you still involved in the game? Yeah, I'm. Um, so I've ended up down at Bedford Town, which is local enough to me. I, I grew up in Bedford. Um, so um, I think that uh, did, when when we spoke before, did I say that I was trying to get going again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was like, yeah, you're just thinking about it. Yeah, so I tried to get going again, and I was still having issues as such with the body, um, and I just wanted to play some football. So I thought a part time schedule would probably be the best route to go down. Um, so I'm doing that this year, and it's all right to be fair. Um, kind of stumbled into like a player coach role a little bit because the manager got sacked a few weeks ago. So I'm enjoying that side of it. Um, and I'm doing, you know, coaching where I can. I'm, I'm doing coaching at Aston Villa at the minute, just work experience. Um, I'm planning to get my licence in the summer and then, you know, start properly, proper, properly, sorry, sorry, um, next season, hopefully. 
on on the playing side, how are you, how are you feeling? You feel, you're okay. Okay, okay, yeah. It's um, you know, you, you train twice a week and you play once at the weekend, so it's it's nothing compared to what I was used to. But it's probably a little bit more gentle on the body, which helps me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Are you are you doing your licenses and going through the going through the badges? Yeah, so I, 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 the license will be in the summer. So at the minute, I'm just building experience. Um, I know a couple of people at Aston Villa that were fortunate enough to let me come down. So I, I pop into there once a week and do that. Um, oh, you know, I was keen to come into Derby, but at the time, I think the transition of the manager was going on, so that kind of um, fell quiet. Um, so I just took the opportunity at Villa just to go and learn what I can. So I'm enjoying that. Yeah, is it you're gonna throw your hat into the ring for maybe the gaffer's job at, at Bedford then, or is is that a little bit too soon for you at the minute? I, I I don't think so, mate. No, I think you know the plan for me would be to you know go straight into sort of you know EFL football. Do you know what I mean? And, and proper full time football. Um, you know, so uh, I've got. I've got something every day to look forward to and, you know, go and, go and give back to, to kids and, and, you know, help them where I can. Um, you know, the Bedford Town thing, it would only be part-time. Um, but again, I think I'll, I'll, I'll get this licence done and then set my sights straight on going sort of into a full-time role somewhere. Does that help, Joe, when you're used to the day-to-day from being the young age of, of the football routine, Joe, having something to wake up for and having that routine, has that helped you kind of cope yeah, with so, full-time yeah. football? I think so, yeah. I think so. And that was probably quite difficult to come out of. Um, but it's, it's definitely something that I feel that like I need. Um, you know, just a, a get-up-and-go purpose every day. Um, you know, my, my first... My firstborn's going to go to school in September as well, so I've, I've got time on my hands as well. So, um, yeah, that's definitely something that I feel I need anyway. Is it? Is it? Do you, can, do you see yourself as a as a gaffer? Are you going to be a, a coach? Do you see where where do you see yourself? Do you see yourself? Well, being well, to be honest, mate, my missus asked me the other day as well, and uh, I don't actually know sort of what the end goal is. Um, I just. You know, I want to put myself in that environment and kind of see where it takes me. So, um, you know, whether that's under 18s, whatever to start with. Uh, and then I'll just kind of see where I end up, mate, to be honest. I know the, you know, the driver in me will probably want to crack on and, and get to the highest level possible. But, um, yeah, I, 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 as I sit here, I don't want to be England manager. Do you know what I mean? It's not... It's not something that I've set my heart on, but um, yeah, that's, that's the next best thing for me, you know, coaching um, in terms of football. That's the next passion I've got. So um, I'm sure once I'm in it fully, you know, I'm sure it will take over me. Is it difficult to to stay around football when you had like such a disappointing kind of end and it didn't really end on your terms? And is it difficult to stay around the game and maybe thinking looking at people thinking do you know what I mean I was a I was a player that yeah. was uh, it was at first when I first when I first had to stop um, for reasons that we spoke about previously it was difficult and I didn't want anything to do with football um, 
and I didn't I didn't realize I, I enjoyed coaching at that point and um you know as I sit here now you know I, it, uh, coaching for me you know has no relevance to the way my career kind of finished I've got no bad feelings towards football with that I, if anything I, you know it gives me excitement and it's something I look forward to doing um going forward you know, I'm still I think I turned 30 in a couple of weeks so I've still got plenty of time to go on and have a good coach or managerial career um but no as I, as I sit here now mate no, I'm excited for it and I you know I enjoy as I mentioned you know when I'm available at the minute with the 16s I enjoy being out on the pitch and um sharing the knowledge that that I gained over my career which coach looking back of your career obviously in, in academy and professional football which coach do you think you take the most from and in, into in, in your style of coaching in terms of in terms of a personality and, and character and attitude it, it would have been my academy manager called Mark Harrison who is is the, the fellow that's kindly enough brought me into Villa and he was all about you know punctuality, polite, doing things the right way. And he, he drilled that into you from the age of 12 up onto the, when he passed you on to the first team. And in terms of tactically, defensively, it would be Roy Hodgson. And then offensively, it would be, it would be Steve. So I, I was fortunate with, with that mix for sure. I think we've had a we've had a few on before you and and since they've they've all said that he's Steve McLaren as as a coach he's he's really up there, isn't he? Yeah, he's a good coach, mate. Yeah, and he's what you'll find with a lot of head coaches, managers, probably more than manager with a sort of title is they don't always take training. Mm. So, um, for example, when Liam Rossini came in at Derby, I, I want to say he came under Koku. Philip, what did he come in under? Yeah, Philip he did. Koku? Yeah, yeah. And he would take trainings. Philip Cocker didn't take a great deal of trainings. Um, and similar to um, Frank Lampard as well. I remember Jody Morris would take a lot of training. But Steve would take everything. He was proper hands-on. He would take everything. And, um, you know, he had so much knowledge to share with everyone. Do you, do you prefer that as a player? To if if you've got a manager, if the manager's out there doing it with you, like do it, take, taking the drills to, out there in the middle rather than kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I guess you know if you're if you're not one of the mainstay in the starting eleven and you're you're training, you're you're working hard every day, when the manager's not watching you, it's probably a bit disheartening. Do you know what I mean? Because he's the one that picks the team ultimately. And also, sort of, someone with Steve's pedigree at the time. You know, you just want to learn as much as you can. Mm. Um, so for sure, yeah, it's. You know, I, I always found you get an extra few percent out of yourself if it's the actual manager taking training. You, you mentioned Rossini, obviously at the start of the season, he was Derby manager or interim Derby manager. How did you find him on the, on the training ground? Yeah, I love Liam. Liam's a really good guy, mate, and I, I came up to the stadium. Uh, towards the start of the season and I saw him while he was still in charge I had a chat with him and he's a great guy mate because he, um, he's had a career as well and I'd played against him a few times as well he's only recently out of the game and he's just a, he's a nice polite man and he you know the way he speaks to everyone you know the kitchen staff 
fans, whatever, it doesn't change. So he kind of gets your respect instantly just from how nice he is as a, as a character, as a personality. And then with what he's done on top of that, you know, you can't not respect him. So I, I really enjoyed working under Liam. Um, and it, it was inevitable that he was going to go on to sort of step into the head coach role, I think. Was there a little word in the ear of, uh, I'm doing a bit of coaching now, Liam, get me back in? <laughs> I had chat with him when, when he was here, but... Um, I think it was only shortly after that the club decided to go uh, go in another direction and get Paul Warren. Um, but he, as I said, he's a good guy. He said, if you ever need anything, pick up the phone. Um, one of them ones. So, um, yeah, I've got nothing but, but good words to say about Liam. Yeah, I think it's very rare that a manager leaves the club and um, it, it's very positive. With Derby County fans, it's all been... Sure, yeah, yeah. Disappoint, not necessarily disappointment in a decision. I think the, the decisions have been the big decisions have been made. It's nothing to do with us, but I think he left, and I don't think it was a Derby County fan who had a bad word to say about him, which says a lot about the character. Yeah, I'm not agree with that. Yeah. You've you've been back and you've you watched a little bit. I know you did a bit with uh, BBC Radio Derby, and and you've been back to to Pride Park. Have you seen much of Derby this year? I haven't seen a great deal, but what I have seen. Um was mainly before Paul Warren um, came in. So I mean, you'll, have to, you'll have to tell me how it's been since, but before it looked like a transition, um, which obviously it was going to be, um, you know, the amount of signings in the summer and, and what the club went through. Um, but I, I, I said to Liam as well, I said, you know, some of the personnel you've got mixed with the young lads, you know, some of the quality in the dressing room. League One's tough. You know, there's, there's sort of, you've got seven, eight big clubs in that league now. And some have been in there for, for a few years now trying to get out. So, um, you know, you take the transition on top of how competitive the league is at the minute now. I think it's always going to be difficult to sort of hit hit the marks that everybody would want. Um but I thought Liam was doing very well. I watched the West Brom Cup game, um, and the lads done well. Um, and that was that was a bit of a mixed team as well, I think. So um, yeah, I haven't seen much since Paul Warren's come in. Um, I think there's been a few mi- mixed results, hasn't there? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I know Paul Warren as well, and he's um, he's a good guy, mate, and he, he's very sincere. You know, if you if you work work hard for him and you give him everything, then. Um, you know, he'll wear his heart on his sleeve for you as well. So I do think it's a good appointment and I do think it will come good. It's just a very difficult league. It's competitive, there's some big teams and it's a transition for the club. I think that's really like spot on. And I see the odd negative comment and with every football club and every football fan, there's, there's obviously, like we said um, at the start, some people are negative, but we've had mixed results. It's been fairly inconsistent and we're sixth in League One. So... I think that's a, that's got to be a positive, and if you can get to Christmas in the playoffs and you've not really put a run together, you can't really bring you anyone in. That's got to yeah. be judged as a success, hasn't it so far? I would say so. Yeah, and I think the difference with 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 League One and and Championship, uh, I would say, is that you know because of the you, you've got seven or eight teams in League One, which are big clubs. And then, no disrespect, but the rest are 
nowhere near the size of them football clubs. Mm. Um, so what you'll find is you will play teams that will essentially part the bus. Mm. Yeah, sorry for, for not having a better term, but you know you go away to someone that's small stadium, small budget, and they're playing Derby County. They'll snap your hand off to take a, a point. Mm. Championship, there was always, you know, relatively competitiveness, regardless of where you are on the table. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing I'd say in League One is that you've got maybe half a table, maybe a couple less that will do whatever it takes to just take something off a club like Derby County, like Sunderland, like Sheffield Wednesday, and these kind of teams. Um, so it's difficult for sure. Um, so yeah, look, I think if you'd have probably asked people before the season had started, you know, will you be in the playoffs by Christmas? Everyone would have said yes. Yeah, is it is it difficult, and and how do you approach it when, say, you you was playing now in in League One, and you know that you're probably not going to get as much time on the ball as you would in the Premier League and the Championship, and you people are going to be snapping at your heels, closing you down. It's it's a different game. Do you have to look at that and maybe adapt your game and and change how you approach games, or do you still have to try and play the way you know you can play? Um. I mean, it, it depends on the message the manager's giving you, but it, it, hypothetically, if we was in League One with Steve, well, I assume you would play the same way. Me as well, I, I assume I would, I would have played the same way, but whether it was as successful for the reasons I just mentioned, you know, we had a lot of success with that because in the championship, teams would try and match us up or try and come at us and... um you know, that then allows us opportunities to pass the ball around you, do movement, etc. But if it's a different kettle of fish if someone's saying, go on, you have it, we'll, we'll just stick 10 behind the ball. So I, I assume it will bring different problems and I'm not sure how well it would work, but, um, that, uh, you know, there's, there are teams that, that play football in that league. I think Oxford play football, so Derby try, and, um, but it doesn't seem to have as much of an, an effect of, you know, sort of the division above if you if you play football in that league. I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure why. Is it difficult? You, you Obviously, when you came to Derby County, you came from Premier League football down to Championship football. There's players like, for uh, as an example, David McGoldrick, who at times looks just like a yeah, different gravy. Um, is it difficult? To do, is it hard to take a step down I know he's a good player but can it affect your game to go down and then you play and, and it's and it's a, a different game isn't it when you when you drop down to league one and you're probably yeah, going to find your heart out of the game yeah, yeah. I remember I, I towards the back end of my time at Derby I went to, to Luton and, and Oxford and, um, the biggest thing I noticed was the wavelength um, and by that I mean you know if I take the if I take that Steve McLaren team you know, uh, if I was on the ball, my, my teammates would know what I'm thinking and they would make runs or, or do things accordingly. Um, and obviously in the Premier League, like you said, it, it, again, it's a notch-up again. But when I went myself personally to League One, I, I felt that, you know, as a holding midfielder, if I would get on the ball, I'd look up and then where I've got years of Chrissy Martin coming to feet, Bryce running, or, you know, them kind of runs, it's, it's different. 
Uh, and it's no disrespect to anyone, but there's a reason players are at certain levels. So the the, the difficult thing might be for your players like Hurahan and uh, McGoldrick is adapting to. You know, you've got a different game understanding in your dressing room to how you play and they'll get used to it with each other and McGoldrick and Hurahan, for example, might have to adjust their game a little bit, but that was probably the biggest difference I noticed. Physically, it's you know, the lads are still fit, they still run, all that stuff. You know, physically, it's no different. It's probably more of a, a game understanding and like a, a, wave, a wavelength thing if that if you know what I mean when I say wavelength yeah yeah I got what you mean it's like yeah like if, if you if you turn around on the on the halfway line and expected a like a, someone to yeah. make that run and you turn around and they're still behind you and you're like oh okay then yeah. you know what I mean yeah I think a big thing in league one is and one I've seen was for example Burton last Saturday was being out fought which was kind of it's Derby County, if it's too big to say where everyone's cup final, but Derby County comes to town, they sell out every away end. And I, yeah, I think sure. the big thing is it's it's everyone's big game as well. So it, you've got to be up for it every game. And Burton weren't the greatest team I've seen. I think they played very well second half, could have possibly nicked it. But it just, it wasn't desire. It was just, just fight. It just, do you know what I mean? It was just like a complete fight in it. Yeah, and that's, that's, what you're going to get in League One, I'd imagine, in you know the teams I've just mentioned, they know they're not going to be able to play football against Derby and Sheffield Wednesday, and you know these big teams. They know they're not going to be able to match them for quality. And the one thing they will be able to do is fight. Do you know what I mean? And so, particularly when you're going to an away stadium where you know you can't go and get four or five thousand Rams fans in there to make it feel like a, a home ground because the stadium's not big enough. You know, it, it turns into a fight and, you know, the way they play, they'll probably lump it up to a big man and, you know, fouls and all that stuff and keeper boots it long, all that stuff. It's just, that that's a way where people will see they can get at Derby County because there's no other way to well, going, I want to have a quick chat about Derby County and, and everything that's gone off since we've since we last spoke. But yeah. just finally on the on the football side, are you are you still missing it? Is is it still something that? that no, you... I don't think I am anymore, mate. To be honest, I think it took me a while to accept. Obviously, the way it all came to an end, but um, I, I'm I'm cool with it now. You know, I had a good ten years and. I was fortunate, mate. I'd, you know, I, I was still playing after two ACLs, and I was still playing quite well, to be honest. And, um, you know, I sit here. I had a good ten-year career at, you know, a good high level. Um, so, yeah, it was it was bitter for me when I when I finished, and it was a hard pill to swallow. And, um, you know, it took me some time to to get my head around it for sure. Um, but no, I, I, I had a good crack at it, mate. I, I enjoyed it. Um, some memories that will live with me forever. Some friends that, you know, I'll be friends with forever. And, um, you know, how many kids don't even get to play a professional game? I mean, I, I had 10 years of high-level football. And, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm fortunate for that. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to hear you to say that because, yeah, I was disappointed in as much as anyone, and obviously yourself when, and obviously I had to call time on it, but um, it's nice to hear that. A lot of a lot's happened, and um, in the life and of Derby County in the eighteen months, two years since we since we last spoke. I think just remind me what just remind me what stage was the club at when we spoke? Was it in the administration? No, it was before. So Mel was still at the helm. Okay. It was before administration. I look okay. back on it. I look back on it now, and I mean, I don't want to like I don't want to claim that I broke this open but you know what I mean but uh, we were kind of that podcast was kind of the first kind of thing that pulled back the curtain that not everything was right at the club I think I think a lot of people were surprised and I think a lot of people I got at the time saying oh I don't know about this I don't know about that I've since come to me and said look we had George called on the on the podcast like, wait, everything wasn't quite right and and, it, and since then the club went into administration there's been a lot of stories about like Derby County had to raise twelve thousand pounds so we could pay St John's ambulance because the club won't pay them. Um, and there's been a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm not going to get into stories because no, it, I I don't need him knocking at my front door. But um, have you been? Hey, <laughs> be all day as well. <laughs> um, are you surprised at how things have how things it turned out in the end and could you see it coming? Um, yes and no. I'm surprised at that it was allowed to get to the extent it got to. Um, I definitely saw something coming which you probably got from me when we spoke. Um, and I think I speak for majority of the players that I played with at that time, staff, everyone kind of saw something coming. Um, no, I didn't see it getting as bad as it got. Um, again, no one, well, other people involved really know why it got to that stage, but um, yeah, it's a difficult one. Mate. I, I, look, we definitely saw something coming. The way we was spending money was just out of control. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised it, it got as bad as it did get. Um, you know, a club of that size and fan base and history and, you know, to, to, to literally be on the brink of being gone is mental. Yeah. I never thought I'd be marching to Pride Park with a banner in my hand saying "Save, save the football club," and uh, and I think there is still like, like I'm not even going to name. He's like the he's like Voldemort now. He's like the man who can't be named. I'm not even going to give him the time of day to name him. But to let as a fan to let a, a club get mm. to that stage, it, it baffles me. Yeah, I agree. That's that's what. Struggle to put my finger on is even as a, in a business sense, like you can take the loss, whatever. But uh, who knows? So, uh, like you say, if you are a fan, when does that come into play? 
But again, who knows? Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk a bit more about it when we're, we're live in Derby because he won't be there, and then I can't get sued. Um, <laughs> um, I'll finish quickly. We're gonna we're having five ten minutes, but watch watch the World Cup and 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 thoughts on it because I'm bit. I was bitterly disappointed. I I, I kind of think if we'd got past France, it was it was asked to lose. Watched it, yeah, but same, mate. I, I thought that's probably the worst French team in a long time as well. And, um, I, yeah, we had a good. It, it was it was a good chance with it. You know, if you look at the squad, um, you know, you look, you got that is one of the worst French teams for a few World Cups, a few Euros in it, and they've had a few injuries and and whatnot and. I think I was probably as guided as everyone else because I thought, like yourself, if they beat France, you know, you'd like to think they'd beat Morocco. And then it's a, it's a one-off game as well. But on the other hand, I was the final was unbelievable. Um, no, I'm I'm a Messi fan myself in this whole debate thing, so I was I was pleased to see him sort of conquer the game of football. Do you know what I mean? That was, that was good. Is it even a debate anymore? Oh, it shouldn't have been in the first place. But <laughs> you've got some people. I think it's mainly Man United fans, but um, but he's he's always been. You know, I think if you if you understand football properly and you kind of recognise what the guy does, it, he's you know he's uh, he's hundred percent you know. Me and you, we, we weren't fortunate enough to see like the Pele and the Maradona and that. So for us, he's you know he's got to have been the best, best ever. One question: This might be a difficult question to answer, and I've seen this mentioned a few times when uh, when your name's mentioned in, in the replies. If you stayed fully fit playing Premier League football from the age of sixteen, would you have played for England? I always thought I would have, mate. Yeah, I was always sure I would have, because particularly at my Sort of my age, there wasn't really a holding midfielder. Declan Rice is he's only sort of young twenties, is he? Mm. Um, and I think the next one on was probably Michael Carrick. You know, I don't think we've had a natural holding midfielder in between that. So I, it might sound big-headed, but I always thought if I stayed injury free, that I would have at some point played for him. Then yeah. Okay, um... I'm going to say goodbye because we're doing this as a as a little bit of a teaser. So you're going to be back in Derby. Looking forward to to getting back into Derby next month. Yes, mate. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be a good night for sure. A good night for sure. Looking forward to that. Yeah, we can uh, maybe ask a few questions and answer a few questions that we maybe can't on a podcast. Yeah, let's leave it to the night. <laughs> leave it to the night, George, mate. And on a personal level, mate, um, I don't like doing things like this, but. Top man for like you gave me the opportunity to do them two podcasts and uh, fucking Gary Neville beat us to, to number one. No, look, it's an opportunity for me to share a few things as well, mate. Do you know what I mean? Because when you when you're in it, you can't you can't do that. Do you know what I mean? You can't. It's a business. You got to keep your head down. So, um, thanks as well, mate, for giving me the platform to to have a good chat. Yeah. We'll have a good night in a couple of weeks, whenever it is. Yeah, we'll sort a of date out, and we'll I'll, before this goes out, I'll make sure there's a little advert in it with a date and and come down. And last thing, uh, you've not got Richard Keir's number, have you? Yes, I do, mate. Yeah. 
Drop him a text, mate. See if he fancies it. <laughs> I will. I think he's still playing, actually. He's at Ipswich, isn't he? So, oh, yeah. Um, he, can't, he can't, can he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, top man is everyone I've seen in a couple of weeks, man. Top man. All right, mate. Take it easy. Take it easy.